What's wrong with you people? Welcome to Not Another Baptist Podcast. Uh, my name is Kyle Bierman. I am so glad that you are joining us today. Matt Hensley is out and about doing associational mission strategists things. Uh, but I have a special guest uh, that I'll introduce in just a second. But if you're looking for a Christ-centered, scripture-driven, and student-focused undergraduate education, then look no further than Texas Baptist College located in Fort Worth, Texas. TBC is dedicated to providing trustworthy Christian higher education to undergraduate students no matter where God is calling them. And on October 21st, you have the opportunity to explore everything TBC has to offer at its fall preview day. Students and parents are invited to tour the campus, talk to the faculty, explore degree offerings, and meet fellow students. Let Texas Baptist College help you find your calling, and all preview day attendees will have a chance to win a $1,500 scholarship. Fall preview day is free, so get registered today at texasbaptist.com slash preview. We are so grateful for our partnership with Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and Texas Baptist College. Well, as I said, Matt is out and about today. He is not going to be on the show, but uh, I have a very, very special guest, and that is our youth minister from here at Highland Baptist Church in Lubbock, Texas, Tyler Butler. Tyler, welcome to the podcast. All half a dozen of our listeners are so excited that you are here. Uh, so tell us a little bit about who you are, about your family, and then what you do here. Well, I'm excited to be here. Hi, half a dozen subscribers. <laughs> but I am from originally Northeast Arkansas. I'm a farm boy from there. Went to college at Washita Baptist in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, and then went to Southern Seminary, and then hopped around the Dallas Metroplex for a little bit before coming up to Lubbock. I have a wife, her name is Brooke, and then three wonderful kids. I have I'm, my oldest is a dot my daughter, Kinley Grace, and then I have Titus and Elijah. They are four and about to be two. So so three kids under seven. Correct. Um, that is fantastic. And in fact, my wife, Michelle, teaches uh, Titus in uh, in preschool uh, one day a week at, at school. So, and Kinley, too. And Kinley, that's right. So, man, so much fun. Uh, so you are an Arkansan transplant into Texas. So you weren't born here, but you got here as quick as you could, right? Ha, ha, ha. I still root for the that's... hogs, though. <laughs> and against the Longhorns. See, what, what is that? Well... Then, then you're welcome on the show. What, what is that? Woo Pig Suey, right? Is that? Razorbacks. Right, there you go. My, my boss at NAM, Bob Bigford, is also from Northeast Arkansas, or North, excuse me, Northwest Arkansas. So he's a big Arkansas fan. Well, so, so today we're, we're calling this the 2022 Student Ministry Spectacular. Spectacular, spectacular. Um, basically, we're, we're just going to talk about. Um, kind of some of the realities that we're seeing in student ministry right now. Uh, we know most of our audience is pastors, um, maybe some other church leaders. Uh, and so student ministry is a, a key part of a church, certainly in revitalization work. And if you want to reach your community, that, that means reaching the, the children, reaching the students. Um, but there have been some pretty significant shifts in obviously our culture, but just in kind of ministry... Um, if you want to call it ministry philosophy or ministry 
pragmatics over the last couple of decades from when I was in high school. Uh, we, we, just, we live in a different world, that, and that means that some things in, in student ministry need to, to change as well. And so uh, the first thing that, that I want to talk about is a, a phenomenon that you and I are both experiencing here at Highland uh, for the first time in uh, you as a student minister, me as a student ministry volunteer, and then a parent. And that is um, that we have more students coming on Sunday morning than we do on Wednesday night or midweek. Um, I know you, Tyler, you know, I've talked historically in the, the youth ministries I was a part of, it was the exact opposite, sometimes drastically so, like running 30, 40 kids on Wednesday night and five, six, seven, eight mm-hmm. on Sunday mornings. Here, well, all the, it's not quite as dramatic, but there, there's a, those have shifted mm-hmm. here, right? So, so we see more students on Sunday morning than we do on Wednesday night. And so let's talk about why that is. Well, I've only been here for three years. I got here just in time to learn everyone's name before this small thing called COVID happened. But when we first got here, it was kind of an equal split. So I don't know if that is something that is just culturally to Highland or if it's something that is on set due to the quarantine and then opening back up and then having all these different activities. But the major factor we can see is that on Wednesday night, our core students are so involved in so many different activities, whether it be practices for sports, whether it be going through rehearsals for plays, whether it be just having so much homework for AP classes and everything else that a lot of times they just, it's not that they're lazy or that they're wanting to skip church. They just don't have the time or something is scheduled in advance. And so really the only time that is nothing is scheduled right now is Sunday morning because there's no other than like youth baseball and that kind of stuff. There's nothing going on Sunday mornings as much as Wednesday nights. And even our Christian schools, our private Christian schools here still run later on Wednesday nights to where we have kids who don't get out of practice till six thirty, and we start at six. Yeah. yeah and, and so Lubbock is a, is a larger place than, than I've, ever lived and, and ever been involved in a church in before. My, my entire life up to this point has been in um, communities that would be more more rural. And then we Lubbock's a city of half a million, no, not half a million, quarter of a million mm-hmm. or so. Um, and so in a small town, you have one high school, one, maybe two junior high schools. Um, and typically in, in rural areas, we've not seen activities pop up on Wednesday night. That's still kind of a sacred thing, right? So, I mean, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, yes, there's volleyball, basketball, football, track meets, there, tennis, there, there's all kinds of stuff. In in the city, there's something every night, right? I remember you saying that, that there's one student we have who uh, who has a junior high football game, who has junior high football games on Wednesday nights. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I have a niece who is involved in our youth ministry and she's playing basketball. She'll have games on Wednesday nights. That, that's completely different than anything I've experienced before. And so, and, and I know a buddy who, when he moved to a city, they moved their Wednesday, their, their Wednesday night service to Thursday night because they said, this, this works better for us. There's not a night in the week no. that, that works. Um, well, where, the only night we would have in the week would be Sunday night. And 
that's taken up from church stuff already. Yeah. Whether we're having a small group discipleship or different events throughout the year. Yeah. So, so one of the shifts that's happened then, if, if you are a pastor listening to this, one of the shifts that we're seeing, and, and I think small towns are going to be more insulated from this, but eventually they quote unquote catch up, right? I mean, so, so eventually the, these things are going to hit small towns as well. Um, and that is that, that there will not be a night in, the, in midweek where there is not something happening. Maybe you're already seeing this. And so I, here, here at Highland, obviously, we've not stopped midweek. We haven't said, well, just forget it. Uh, but we know that, that the number of students who are available, who are free on Wednesday nights, will be impacted depending on the season, right? So right now, my daughter's doing volleyball. Um, they don't have games on Wednesday night. Thankfully, she goes to a private Christian school. They don't schedule games on Wednesday night, but they do have practice. And so sometimes it depends on what time she gets released. Now, when volleyball's over, she's not playing basketball. Wednesday, that, that's going to completely change our evenings. Praise the Lord. <laughs> she'll, she'll get out of school and be out of school. Um, and so depending on the seasons, you, you may have, uh, you, you may see your attendance impacted um, on Wednesday nights. And that's Okay, right? So, I mean, I know one of the things that I always struggled with was, man, if, if kids didn't show up, I felt like that was a direct result. Like it, it, was a, it was a statement about my effectiveness as a, as a student pastor. That's and, not the case. And we've struggled with that here a little bit with just what did we do to run everyone off? But the not necessarily infuriating, but the really confusing thing is we'll have anywhere between 7 and 30 on a Wednesday night. And there's no telling what day we're going to have the 30 and what day we're going to have the 7. We've had both of those numbers in the last six months. <laughs> and, and I'll say um, pastors understand that as well. As, as a, that, that was one of the things that never I never understood as a pastor was on a certain Sunday, we would have 50 people. On another Sunday, we would have 85. And there's no rhyme or reason why, right? Other than it just things worked out. People showed up. The next week, they, they didn't. Um, and, and so... How has that shifted the way that you've um, kind of looked at your weekly schedule, knowing that that there are twice, sometimes more more than twice the number of students on Sunday morning right, that, than, than what we see on Wednesday night? Has that, has that affected the way that you approach kind of student ministry in general? Well, the major impact of student ministry in the last three years has been quarantine and coming out of COVID. And so... Part of learn that learning experience has been being more intentional with building relationships. So with them not coming on Wednesday nights, there's not a weekly check-in for most of the students. So you have to be intentional about going to where the students are. You have to be intentional about encouraging your small group leaders to check in with your students, to send out a text, to just go to a football game, basketball game, go, go to where the students are because that's the only way you're going to check in during the week. But one of our measures of how healthy our student ministry is, it's not the amount of people who are showing up number-wise. It's the amount of friends who are coming. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing we've seen over the last few months is we've had more and more friends coming. We've had more and more unchurched kids coming. And when you have unchurched kids coming, it gets messy. It makes some of the church, the overchurched kids a little uncomfortable and I love whenever our unchurched kids are uncomfortable because we have tax collectors and sinners. Maybe not the tax collectors part, but 
Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, so you mentioned being intentional. Um, obviously, I mean, if, if, if midweek still is still working and you have a large group coming in on Wednesday night, that's a really good time to check in with your kids. Cause you're going to see them in the middle of the week. Hey, you know, as you're interacting with them at the doors, playing ping pong or pool or whatever you have set up in your, in your student ministry area. Um, it's a chance just to ask, you know, Hey, how's the week going? And, and for the most part, kids are pretty honest, right? Man, this week's been awful. Like I've, I, I remember just having students who would, who would really be, um, free with opening up, man, the week's, week's been rough. Um, you know, I think I bombed a test. Uh, I'm not sure I'm gonna make the team, you know, those, those kind of struggles, but you're right. If you don't, if you don't have, if, if you have a large segment of your students who are out, you have to be more intentional about um, reaching out to them. What are some ways that you've you've done that, Tyler? Whether it be through text messages or even just direct me- messaging on social media, because all of our kids are on social media in one form or another. Yep. Maybe not Facebook, because that's where the old people are. Yeah. Shoot a TikTok video. Hey, this is your chicken. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but my wife and I are highly involved in our students' lives, whether it be just texting, hey, praying for you today, whether it be going, like we have a whole schedule of different games, different practices, different plays, all these different things we have to go to. And with being in Lubbock, we have something around like four different high schools that are represented here and eight to 10 different middle schoolers. Not our middle schools, not including the homeschool and all the rest of the stuff. Okay. So there's there's weeks that I don't have a day off where it's just free with the family, so we have to find our family time elsewhere. Okay. But I think gone are the times where we have these big events where people come. The program event driven youth ministry, I think, is on the outs. Unless you're a huge mega church who has enough budget to throw at those events because let's face it our church cannot out entertain what the world has to offer so you have to lead small you have to be intentional with the small relationships and with gen z and coming up gen alpha they want that relationship they're craving the relationship they they're in the middle of social media but we see so many times that they feel so alone on social media whether it's seeing all these different posts of everyone else who's going through different things that they feel like they don't measure up to, whether it's this idea of having to be perfect because everyone else is being perfect, but they, they're wanting authenticity. They're wanting someone to genuinely, genuinely care what they think, genuinely be invested in them and not have any strings attached. Yeah. You made a good point there. And that is, um, that for, first of all, we, we don't need to be about, we don't need to be worried about, uh, necessarily creating an atmosphere, right. Of, um, an entertaining atmosphere, uh, because we're not gonna be able to match what the, what the world can, can do. We don't have multi-million dollar budgets. Most, most of us, I'm assuming most of our listeners don't have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to, um, sink into building just this, rocking youth space. Um, but we do have something that the world can't offer. And you're right. That's authentic relationships. And, and that's filling a gap that is so missing right now, because as we've talked before, um, we're more connected now than ever in, in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, we, we are bombarded 
constantly with social media, with text messages. We, we are, uh, unless we intentionally shut off phones or take phones away from our kids, they are constantly connected. And yet there's a huge disconnect. Um, and, and I think you touched on this as well. They are in many ways alone in the middle of a whole lot of noise. And, and one of the things that the church um, and the New Testament churches uniquely are designed to do is to cultivate relationships with other believers, cultivate relationships with God. And so it, it may be that I don't know, we're not going to sit here and say this is absolutely how you have to run a student ministry um, because it's going to depend on your context. But that part is key. How are you filling the gap and seeking to build connections that, that students may not be getting anywhere else, right? Because it's, it's very likely that most of your students are at school um, and maybe, maybe not connected with their classmates. They go to uh, sports practice if they're involved in that and then go home and are in their bedroom um, watching, so, scrolling social media, binging something on Disney Plus or Netflix or playing video games until bedtime. Um, and then, oh no, I had two hours of homework that I've neglected to do until now. Um, and, and so, yeah, we, you're right. We are, in, in many cases, we have disconnected families, disconnected uh, and believers who are disconnected from one another. And that's something that we can help cultivate. And, and I think that's the, that's going to be one of the key questions for student ministries moving forward. How can we cultivate relationships rather than experiences? Um, and I mean, look, we're, we're not opposed to having good worship, right? And, and I'm not opposed to doing the programs that you do, doing them with excellence. But there's a difference between doing things well and with excellence and trying to go over the top with, with the production quality, right? Because um, as we know, what you win them, uh, what you win them with is what you win them to. And so if you, if you are about cultivating relationships, then you, the, the way you keep them is by continuing to build those relationships. If you win them with entertainment, you have to keep becoming more and more do, doing more and more flashy, showy entertainment things to, uh, to keep them. But by the way, uh, one of the things that I learned when I transitioned from student ministry into pastoring is that the principles were the same. Um, there's a whole lot of overlap between junior high ministry and senior adult ministry. A lot of overlap. Um, and, and as much as I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to be working with adults. Like there's going to be this whole new maturity level and we're not going to have the pettiness that we experience. In no, it's all there. Um, it I is all bigger words. Yeah, yeah, bigger words. And uh, yeah, and they're not in school for most of the day. So they they're, they're, they can text you and, and, and find you. Um, so what is, if, if you had one tip as, as we wrap up here, one tip for um, a pastor who is trying to, you know, wrap his mind around what's happening with the student ministry. Um, what would that, what would that be? If you, if you had one thing to say to senior pastors about student ministry. Don't look at the numbers. Mm. The numbers don't reflect a healthy youth ministry. Are numbers important? Yes. They show that there's lives being changed, that there's lives being interacted with, that there's people coming. And if you have a drastic exit of your numbers, you need to reevaluate your programs. And really, you probably need to reevaluate programs on a yearly basis just to see if that's going on. But 
youth ministry is not about students. It's about families and equipping the families. One thing we've seen of over the last few years of research is that students who just come and meet the student pastor and then leave, that's the two-thirds who are walking away. That's the two-thirds because there's only so much that one person can invest in. But whenever you get the parents involved, whenever you bring in different adults, whenever the pastor comes and invests in students, we see that number flip to where two-thirds of our students who have at least five spiritual mentors who aren't the student pastor, they stay around. They're involved when it goes to college. They're involved in discipling. So if I have one thing to say, it's don't put it on the youth pastor. Take responsibility as the leader of the church and let's lock arms with youth pastors, children's ministers, get rid of the ministry silos and invest in families because that's where they are. Yeah, that's good. Um, Having been a a student pastor who was then a senior pastor, um, my, my one word to pastors is make yourself visible in the student ministry. Um, I know our pastor Adam. Uh, every Sunday morning, he will he will wander through at some point, um, and and interact with the students so that they they know who he is. He knows who they are. And then also, you touched on the importance of volunteers, um, and because they need students need spiritual mentors in their life. And so, you know, if you're listening to this and you're a, you're a, um, a, a lay person in a church, wondering how how do I plug in? Um, Student ministry, children's ministry are always looking for volunteers. And even if you are just in the room, in the space, worshiping alongside the students on a midweek or a Sunday morning, um, that relationship matters. And, uh, and you can make a huge impact on, on students that way. Well, thanks for joining us today. Tyler, thanks for, for stepping in and filling Matt's shoes. You've got a pretty good beard, not a mattish beard, but you've got, you've got a pretty good beard going on there. Um, and I look forward to next week. We'll be back and better than ever with uh, Matt back, back on the show with us. And until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. What's wrong with you people?